Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What the Dev. I'm Jacob Lukowitz, online editor at SD Times, and today we are going to be talking about continuous SQL. So here at SD Times, we've been finding that companies are increasingly expecting more reliant analysis from their data, and that data that's coming in is only expected to grow at a rapid pace. So in order to capitalize on streaming data, as well as scale to meet growing business demands, organizations are looking more towards continuous SQL to simplify and accelerate that process. So joining me today to discuss the matter is Kenny Gorman, the co-founder and CEO of Eventador, which offers an enterprise-grade stream processing as a service platform. Hi, Kenny. Thank you for coming on the show. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. So to start off, can you tell me how you define continuous SQL and is it the same as stream processing? Sure, sure. Yeah, no, it's a great topic. Um, you know, continuous SQL is a little bit different than the SQL that we know and love. Uh, it's, you know, SQL has been around for 30 years. People have been using it in applications, uh, you know, databases, you know, all across the enterprise for many, many years. Uh, in the last few years, the rise of streaming data or real-time data use in companies has really started uh, to create a need for a new way, a new paradigm to address data. And, you know, SQL is called a declarative language, and you can just declare uh, the statement you want to send to the database, and it returns the results to you, and, and you're off to the races. Continuous SQL is a little bit different in that you still use that still you still use that declarative paradigm that you know and love, but the results are continuously brought back from the streaming system. Maybe it's Apache Kafka or something like that, and uh, returned to the user in a continuous fashion. Mm. And how exactly does it work to make gathering data faster? Uh, and what speed gains can people expect when they decide to take on this approach? Sure, yeah, and many times it's thousands and thousands of times faster. And the reason is kind of simple. Uh, in the kind of traditional database paradigm, uh, you know, user will typically save data into tables uh, in a database. Uh, maybe you have a distributed database. Maybe you're using something like Hadoop. But in, in any event, you're still saving data to some persistent storage, some disk somewhere. And then at query time, when you run your SQL statement, you actually have to go look up that data. And you know, indexing strategies have been around for a long time. There's a lot of new indexing strategies recently, but ultimately you have to go find and fetch that data and return it. So you know, buffers have to be fetched from disk. Uh, you know, those those buffers have to be moved across a network and then returned to you. Um, and that's just sort of the physics of of database engineering. Uh, in a continuous SQL paradigm, it's a little bit different uh, because that data is continuously flowing um, through something like a distributed log. And so because that query is running in real time against those kind of a continuous stream of tuples, uh, the, the data is you know, being processed as it comes through. So there's no lag time between you, know, you asking the question and getting the results. You're just continuously getting results all the time. Mm -hmm. The challenge comes in is what do I do with those results and how do I, you know, where do I put them? And, uh, you know, I think we'll talk about that a little bit later, but, you know, materializing a view of that data has become the big challenge in our space. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Aventador has built some technology around that to help help customers do that. But ultimately, yeah, it's, it's you know, the speed up is, is fantastic, especially for companies who have been committed and building around a distributed log and a streaming data paradigm. Mm -hmm. And what recent changes in the industry have made this approach that much more important is using continuous SQL, a relatively new phenomenon that you're seeing, and is it growing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, without some sort of streaming, you know, data backbone or backplane, uh, you really can't do continuous SQL. It's kind of the analogy is, if I don't have any data in my database, uh, my, my SQL query can't return anything. 
And, you know, the technology trend of the last 10 years where we've seen enterprises really double down on using technologies like Apache Kafka um, has, has really been important in this, in this story. It is the, you know, the data in the database, so to speak. So once a company uh, implements something like Kafka or, you know, you know, even one of the, you know, uh, you know, one of the online cloud versions of it, like Kinesis, um, you know, now you, now you have a streaming database, so to speak. Uh, the trick becomes how do I make sense of that data and how do I use that data? And that's where continuous SQL layers in nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell me a bit about the materialized view on Kafka streams and how it ties into all this? Sure, sure. So, you know, I, I talked a minute ago about how, uh, you know, people have been using, companies have been using databases for a very long time. And the usage pattern is is relatively straightforward. You know, you, like I said, you, t- you make a query, you return the results. And developers and engineers have become accustomed to writing applications in a certain way. They're used to being able to materialize a, a set of data at any given time and then use it in their application. So imagine, um, let's just take an example, a mobility example, like a scooters in a city. And you want to plot, you know, the scooter's position and you want to plot uh, maybe it's battery strength or something like this. And pretend this this hypothetical scenario that the data is streaming into something like Kafka and you've got a continuous stream of, you know, location data and a continuous stream of, of battery data. Cool, that sounds great, but how do I then materialize that data in a map? And how do I show maybe a, a, a nice little symbol for battery strength? You know, these are the kind of new applications and, and interesting applications that people are building. In a database, it's relatively sim- simple. You just run a SQL statement, it turns the results. But if you're putting billions of events a day into these data stores, a streaming paradigm works much, much better. The problem is, how do I do the same thing I did with the database? How do I materialize those results so I can plot them on a map? And that's where materialized views come in. Uh, materialized views are a generic term. It's an industry term. Uh, it just means the ability to materialize a result set at a given point in time. And so that's what we really do. We, we actually have a, a continuous SQL engine uh, at Aventador. That engine has materialized view capability built onto it now with version 2.0. And customers can just define a materialized view based on a query. And that data is then um, available for query via uh, a RESTful application. So it's super easy. You just go into your map system. Maybe you're writing in JavaScript. You fetch your data from that REST endpoint. And that data is continuously kept up to date and uh, super easy to consume from a developer standpoint. Great. And are you finding that uh, you know, with the huge increases in data that organizations are gathering, um, are you finding that they're keeping up with that rate of change really at this point with the vast flows of data? Yeah, that's the real, I think that's the real important question here is, is how are companies able to adopt and move forward with streaming technologies? You know, uh, building that first streaming pipeline and, and starting to put data into something like Apache Kafka or Kinesis is the often first step but also kind of the mind shift of understanding that I, hey, I can still use SQL against these data stores or maybe even join between, you know, a traditional data store like a database and a, and a stream of data. Um, you know, kind of, you know, educating the market and helping folks understand that, hey, you know, today in, in the last, you know, whatever year or so, it has been very common to write your own Java or Scala applications to build processors uh, against um, streams of data. And SQL has been, you know, a little bit, you know, nascent in that mix. 
but it's been coming on strong as of late because people just want to simply define these queries. In what industries are you finding that the velocity of data is a really high priority and it really comes down to having this, you know, the streaming of, of data very quickly? Right, right. So, you know, a few in these, you know, they'll be kind of obvious to you, right? Right. Like, so obviously fintech and, and financial markets are an important one, uh, obviously detecting fraud in real time and um, maybe do, you're doing anomaly detection or something like that, building a model to do that. Uh, you know, that's been that's been that's kind of an obvious use case and, and an important one. Um, but beyond that, you know, these companies, financial institutions and, and, and others have to compete with each other and build better products and financial products. And oftentimes those financial products um are built on, you know, obviously the interesting data that's being produced in these markets, and that's oftentimes that that real-time data. So fintech is one of them. Uh, uh, we see a lot of like intrusion detection, netsec type applications. So people looking for anomalies or uh, processing uh, alerts on maybe breaking attempts and things like that uh, against maybe network pa packets. Uh, that's a very common one. And then you know I used that example earlier around uh, mobility, like the scooter example. So I, you know, I put that in a classification of IoT. So IoT is a huge, you know, a very broad term, um, but it's also a huge market. And you know, many of those types of use cases are generating data at a crazy rate, and making sense of that data and being able to present that data out in applications is a super huge pain point for a lot of these companies. They've they've doubled down on using streaming data, but now they've got the problem of trying to materialize and, and build that build those applications those interesting and compelling applications um, using that streaming data and that's where the the big disconnect has been and, and that's really what the problem statement of of you know uh, you know problem we're trying to solve at Aventador. Does machine learning play a part in you know processing data making continuous SQL a reality? Yeah yeah good question so you know when we first started off we weren't thinking about data scientists uh, and we weren't thinking about things like machine learning or AI very much. Uh, we were thinking that those folks were mostly in the batch world um, they were working on smaller data sets you know they didn't have a streaming kind of real-time massive data um, problem they had like an important data problem but it wasn't a huge data set. Uh, but over time you know we've started to see a huge influx of folks um, from the data science communities uh, wanting to figure out, hey, my company has streaming data. How can I train my models better? How can I make my models more real time? Uh, how can I make uh, my models more accurate? And that just feeds into kind of the entire ML workflow. So, um, you know, I think in the coming year or, or so, or even maybe a little bit longer, we'll start to see our market evolve around the data scientists a lot more and really help those folks build you know more accurate predictions and, and and do a better job ultimately by using streaming data mm -hmm. and what else do you see for the future of continuous sql and how it can be implemented it's a super exciting time for continuous sql you know some people call it real-time sql some people call it streaming sql we call it continuous sql but no matter what you call it it's kind of the same thing and there's a number of uh, vendors and, and technology stacks that are using it now and i think that you know, ultimately it's early days for this, this technology paradigm, but it's super exciting to see uh, customers, you know, writing SQL statements against streams of data and have them run continuously in the background, you know, always emitting the, those results. Uh, it's just, it's super cool. So I think over the next, you know, months and years, we will see more products come to market. I think more 
folks will start to understand that materializing streams of data is kind of the hard part of this whole thing. And, you know, how do I get my developers productive and, and able to utilize the data in a stream um, will be the will be the hill that, that most people are, are climbing. And, you know, we're excited to be part of it. Great. Uh, and my last question is, what was the, the thought process behind forming Aventador? And, um, you know, what what unique things does it really bring to the table? Right. Good question. So we, uh, you know, we started the company about three years ago and really Eric, my Eric BB, my co-founder and I at the time were working at object rocket at Rackspace. And we started to see a huge uh, influx of these, of these kind of questions around, Hey, how do I make my, my data streams more useful in the real time? How can I uh, build better applications with data? And that's really where we started to think about streaming data. And over the last couple of years, we've evolved from, you know, just the core basics of Kafka to, you know, Apache Flink and building stream processors uh, all the way to, you know, our bespoke platform for running continuous SQL. So, you know, we're, we're committed to, you know, you know, streaming data and, and those types of workloads. Um, that's kind of, you know, what we do every day, all day. Um, and I think, you know, Aventador's ultimate mission is to, is to make it easy for those developers to build killer applications. Mm-hmm. Great. So that's all the questions that I have. Is there anything else that you feel is important to add? No, I think that's great. I really appreciate uh, chatting with you today. It's awesome. Yeah, same here. Well, I believe that's all the time we have today. Thank you very much again, Kenny, for all the great insight and for taking the time to hop on the show today. All right. Thanks again. And thank you to everyone who is listening. Don't forget to check out this episode and all of our other podcasts on the biggest topics in software development on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to let us know what you thought. Until next week, this has been What the Dev.